Cootie Vineyard. Cootie's always make mistakes. Don't make any more. Right, guys that uh that is dave grusen uh and you can you can uh you can hear the the soundtrack and the and the uh score by dave grusen on spotify uh which is also where you can find this podcast which is called the stinky think tank podcast man i cannot speak you'd think it'd be a prerequisite for doing this but it's not they just let you do it. They just fucking, you can just do it. There's nobody to say no. You can just make a podcast and fucking throw it out there. And that's what we're doing here, right? Okay, so we are going through the Goonies script, uh, which you can get your copy at scriptslug.com. Um, and we are, uh, we're rounding into the third act here. Um, we just found uh, One-Eyed Willie's uh, funny bone, which was his penis, uh, which is a funny word. Anyway, we, we uh, Steph, Steph figured it out. They were like, everybody's trying to figure the funny bone, tickling him, tickling him on the on the um, elbow and shit. But Steph knew, nah, that guy wants his balls jiggled. And so there you go. So here we go, page 98. I don't mean to be crass, but if you've been following along, um, the screenwriters don't give a shit about that. They, uh, they've sexualized things all the way through this thing that, that uh, probably should be offensive to a lot of people, but they're not. Oh, I don't need to get on a soapbox. Okay, uh, page 98. Um, Steph says, okay, you guys can turn back around. The kids turn around and see that the skeleton pointing to the third door. The, the kids are puzzled. How did Steph figure this out? Brand wants to know, what'd you do, Steph? Uh, Steph, being coy, says, uh, I just knew where the funny bone was, okay? Steph knows that shit. Uh the, the, the boys are a bunch of fucking idiots. And you you would think, honestly, that, 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 that Andy... Would have would have thought of jiggling the guy's nuts, his his uh, skeleton nuts, because she's a little tart, she's a little scrumpet. <laughs> uh, anyway, boys know better than to ask questions. Mikey seems disappointed that the skeleton's pointing to door number three because they had put their money on, on door number two to make amends for the parents blowing it on the Price Is Right. Um, speaking of the Price Is Right, real quick, we all grew up watching it, you know, all that stuff, Bob Barker and everything. Um, do you believe in the $1 bid? Um, and, and most people do, but do you believe in the adding $1 to somebody else's bid? Cause that is a fucked up kind of, kind of dickhead move, but Hey, it is what it is. You're on the price of rice. You, you, you know, you're not there to make friends with some guy dressed as a, in a, in a madras, madras hat. You want to fucking win, right? Anyway. Let me know. Send in, send in your your prices right philosophies to this show, and we'll we'll, we'll tackle that. Okay, so Steph knows what's going on. Um, so the boys know better to ask questions. But the mouth, guess your old man would have lost down here too. Mouth's just being a dick about the the prices right thing. Mikey doesn't say a word as the others begin to move through door number three. But Mikey gets a sudden idea. He covers his right eye with his hand, stares at the skeleton's finger. Moves his hand, then covers his eyes again. He smiles, a realization. Mikey, wait. Hey, guys, guys, wait. The kids pause. Mikey looks at everybody. Mikey, okay, so One-Eyed Willie only had one eye, right? Well, it's right there in the name. Kids agree, yeah. I mean, yeah. And if you only got one eye, well, you sort of see things in a different way. Mikey covers that eye. 
Um, he's been to the optometrist. Can you, you read the top three lines? Uh, the other kids follow suit and do the same. They see what they, uh, the skeleton actually is pointing to the middle tunnel if you, if you cover an eye. I'll be damned. So there you go. So Bran turns to Mikey, it is the middle tunnel, door number two. So the brothers are like, holy fuck, our parents weren't idiots. As though any of this actually ties together, it doesn't. Um, One-Eyed Willie never knew the fucking price is right. The parents never knew what was going on in the tunnel. These kids are just boners. Uh, Okay, trying to hold it together, guys. Uh, Scene 139, Uh, interior Chester Copper Pot Tunnel. Sloth is running through the passageway, eating the frozen turkey leg. Uh, Chunk's just a few steps behind. Sloth walks through the tunnel, emits a loud scream into the dark passage. An echo. He loves the echo. Oh, she didn't do it again. Uh, Sloth chuckles, continuing forward. Chunk grabs Sloth's arm, trying to explain. Uh, Chunk. Wait, listen to me. That's not a person. That's just your echo. Understand. Here she comes. Here's something I found on the web. According to wikipedia.org, Understanding is a psychological process related to an abstract or physical object, such as a person, situation, or message whereby one is able to use concepts to model that object. Bitchin', thanks. Anyway, guys, I can't say that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, So what happened was, you have three options when you set up one of those things, right? And Alexa's the default. But I talk a lot of shit about Alexa. So I, may, I was always making jokes about Alexa and stuff. And um, so I had to change it. And uh, that, that other words, one of the options. And yeah, so anytime I say it on the podcast, she just jumps in and says something fucking bizarre. Anyway, uh, so Chunk's trying to explain to Sloth how um, reverb <laughs> works. Uh, Sloth pauses. His, his face lights up. He, he nods, thinking he's got it. And then Sloth says, ego, ego waffle. Sloth, uh, Sloth turns and continues forward, excitedly repeating ego. Um, but no, Chunk is, no, 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 not that. It's the other word. Ego, ego, ego. Okay, have it your way. Um, let go of my ego. Sloth pauses, grins, eyes dancing like pinballs with instant recognition. Uh, okay, page 99A. We've got, a, we've got an A in here. So let me add this in. Sloth singing the Burger King commercial, have it your way. Uh, Chunk beams, immediately joining in as the two friends head down the, the tunnel singing uh, the Burger King uh, jingle. Chunk, uh, actually, my, f- my favorite is Domino Pizza. I'll take you there one day when we get back. So these guys are fast friends. Uh, okay, back to the cavern under the zoo. Suddenly, uh, a growl is heard. Sloth pauses. He looks around. A frightened Chunk hides behind Sloth. Suddenly, a hairy gorilla arm reaches down from above and grabs the turkey leg. But Sloth doesn't let go. Sloth pulls the leg. The gorilla pulls the leg. Tug of war on a, on a chicken leg. I swear to God, I didn't. I don't I have no I have no recollection of any gorillas in this fucking movie. Okay, the zoo. We see Bonzo having a tug of war with someone underground. Bertha grabs hold of Bonzo, assisting her assisting her mate. I wonder if they ever got it on. Did they get it on? You tell me. Underground, the tug of war continues. Uh, I guess they're just going to take up a couple pages with this tug of war. Uh, growl, ready to kill. Sloth his face. They're terrified. Sloth snaps. Uh, they panic, leaving. Okay, so Sloth won the face down with the gorillas. That's all you need to know. Uh, scene 143, Bonzo and Bertha run several feet and leap up walls, trying to burrow out through the ceiling. Um, they're scared to death of, of Sloth. Whatever. Uh, exterior filling station. So now we're at a, uh, a gas station. Troy and his friends have stopped at the, at the gas station. A middle-aged attendant in greasy work clothes fills the gas tank. 
of his Mustang. Troy and his friends get out of the car. Uh, they're guzzling bottles of Heineken. Um, Troy fumbles through his pockets to pay the station attendant. Troy looks at the front fender, spots a microscopic, microscopic, nearly invisible scratch. So Troy's going to be a dick about this. Look at that. Look at what you did. That scratch wasn't here this morning. Uh, so the attendant, I wasn't even close to that side of the car. Troy, yeah, right. Your Goonies got an excuse for everything. So he's calling the attendant a Goonie. So it is sort of a um, well-known term that Troy finds to be um, an insult. He slugs some beer, drinking and driving. He's not old enough, but, you know, that's Troy. We hear a ding-ding in the background as another vehicle pulls up to the punt. Troy, you better start lining up for food stamps, pal. My old man's best friends with the guy who owns this station. You can kiss your job goodbye. So Troy's just being a dick. Um, another ding-ding. The irritated attendant turns towards the noise. Attendant, uh, listen, I'll be with you in a minute. Angle on gorillas. Fucking these gorillas, man. Jesus Christ. The two gorillas leap out from their red golf court on the other side of the pumps. The gorillas are at the gas station. Grunting in ecstasy at the sight of Troy's red automobile. They love red. They lumber towards it, tossing Troy and his friends to one side like cabbage patch dolls. They were kind of a fucking fad, right? Cabbage patch dolls. Bonzo jumps onto the hood, caving it in as Bertha leaps into the car. Bonzo takes his familiar place behind the... Bonzo takes his familiar place behind the wheel, reaches out to stomp on the pedals. The car lurches forward and drives away erratically. Two gorillas just stole Troy's car. Does that fucking ring true and to anybody as that why what, what were their fascination actually uh ironically i just i, I tweeted today how i want to write a, a, a buddy stoner movie where one of the guys is an ex musician who has a, an aging monkey pet that he, he bought with his one hit wonder money and uh you never see the don anyway i i guess i guess the goonies screenwriters get just as much leeway as i do um to be fascinated with monkeys whatever um Follow my monkey on Twitter. Monkey Shakespeare. That guy's fucking brilliant. I don't think he wants you to follow him, but he's great. Uh, he might get mad at me. He won't listen to this. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, okay, so anyway, the, the car's stolen by fucking monkeys. Back to the circular chamber. Mama and the boys enter. They see the skeleton pointing to the third cave. So they're right behind him. Camera pans to the floor. We see several Nike footprints. They're, they're following the Nike footprints. Francis Christ, Ma, it's like a museum of natural history. Uh, Jake... Hey, maybe this guy will go, go, go some, maybe this guy's go spare change. He's got spare change. Uh, he's reaching into the skeleton's crotch area, uh, knocking him to the ground. Right? Okay, so he, he figures out, they raised their pistol. I don't, I'm getting bored with this. Uh, they're chasing the goonies. Fuck, okay, page 102, let's go. Uh, there's some gunplay, and, and they're chasing the goonies. Uh, passageway with mast over water. Okay, so uh, scene 146 on page 102. Okay, the Goonies have arrived in a large section of the passageway. A long, crooked wooden mast stretches across a deep stream of rushing water. The mast is the only way across the stream, which leads to a skull-shaped opening in the wall. Countless living starfish line the surrounding walls. How would you know the difference between a living starfish and a dead starfish? Is it just because they're in water? How the fuck would you know? Do they, I mean, they're like the... The turtle of the sea. Like, they're just rounded. Well, turtles are in the sea, too. I'm not a fucking uh, marine biologist. Group shot. For the first time, all of the Goonies sense the impending magic of Mikey's adventures. They're starting to get it. All stare, jaws limp. They're gaping. <laughs> I added that. Uh, Andy uh, whispers to Brand. Brand, hold my hand. I gotta be sure this is real. Andy, if, oh. 
She's a handful. Andy reaches out for Brand's hand. Mikey reaches back and grabs Andy's hand first. Andy can't tell the difference, but Brand, who stands ahead of Mikey, gropes back for Andy's hand. Mikey thinks fast and grabs a starfish from the wall. He puts the starfish into Brand's hand. Mikey smiles to himself. Uh, Brand thinks he's cool. Letting out a scream, he pulls the starfish from his hand. Mikey quickly lets go of Andy's hand. He can't hide his giggle. Brand notices. He grabs Mikey in a headlock. You little wuss. You want to play games? We'll play. Um, Shut up, Brand. Like 20 minutes ago, you were like, go see what she's ragging on about. Fuck you, Brand. Dressed like Olivia Newton-John, idiot. Uh, They're suddenly interrupted by the sound of banging caps. Uh, Okay, they're coming at him again. Shit, that sound again. And it isn't as far back. Steph, Steph figured it out. The kids emit a mutual scream. They run for the mast. They begin to climb the mast. Some of the kids balance themselves, trying to walk across. Others straddle, crawling towards the skull-shaped opening. The old mast creaks and groans with their every move. Somebody just said something again. Did I say something? Uh, The old mast creaks and groans with every move. A low, ominous voice suddenly rings out through the chamber. See, I'm getting it. I figured it out. Can't say that word. Mm Mm-mm. All right, page 103, mama. Oh, boys, Andy. Oh, shit. Mouth turns jerk alert. Uh, The kids stop and turn, having made it halfway along the mast. Mama and Jake and Francis. They've they've given up on slug lines, and they're just like, bleh, mama, back to there. Maybe it's because they fucking go way overboard with these descriptions. Um, So... Yeah, the guys are coming, and I'm pretty sure they fall on their balls pretty soon, yeah, because Data, Data does slick shoes. Okay, so there's this whole mass thing. They get across. The Fertellis are coming. Data does an oil slick thing. Um, and, yeah, you could have written it in two sentences. It takes them two pages. Uh, the Goonies run inside, panicked, scared. Uh, the chamber is no more than 30 feet in length. Its passageway is blocked by a giant boulder. It's to the Indiana Jones kind of thing. Brand and Mouth try to move the boulder, but that blocks the path. Too heavy. Won't budge. Kids exchange a frightened glance. They're trapped. Built into the wall, beside the boulder, is a pipe organ. I got a pipe organ guy. I don't know if Porgy listens, but uh, I have the world's greatest pipe organ guy. He's, he's fucking the best. The best. Uh, follow me on Twitter, and you will meet pipe organ. Uh, I call him Porgy. Okay, so this pipe organ is quite unusual organ. Yes, they are. Uh, they're very, very, very temperamental, and you need to have an expert, and we got one. Each piece from the keys to the pedals are constructed of hum- human bones. Kind of gross. Steve, Steph reaches out to hit a key. Mwah. A frenzied Mikey opens a map, reading it with mouth. Mikey shuts, shouts out to Steph. Wait, don't. Steph pauses. Mouth hurriedly reads another of the map's riddles. Beneath this riddle, a few bars of music are written, but a few of the notes are erased and smeared, a result of the map's age. Mouth translates the riddle. Here we go again. To move on, play the tune, and each note is said. For too many mistakes, you surely will be dead. Uh, so Brand's like, you mean we got to play the bones? We got to roll the bones here to get out? Roll the bones is a great Rush album. Um, this is play the bones. Uh, hey, weren't you one of us who could afford uh, piano lessons? So they're like, hey, rich chick. And Andy's like, six months of lessons. When was I? When I was five. Mikey's better than nothing. Uh, yeah, okay. I've been a musician for my whole life, and I, I would look at that thing and go, well, we're going to fucking die. Uh, interior passageway with mass over water. Data's POV, POV. Okay, so he's still holding them off with his uh, slick slick shoes. Uh, they, they're trying to get up on, it's a lot of pratfalls and uh, nut, nut shots and shit. Uh, very Laurel and Hardy. 
organ chamber. Data looks back to the Goonies. Hey, guys, they're coming. Everyone turns to Andy. Come on, Andy. Scared, helpless. Uh, their survival is up to her. She gives a nervous shrug. She gives a nervous shrug. And uh, Andy says, okay, I'll give it a shot. Andy takes a seat at the organ. She places the map on the piano stand. Like She's like fucking Liberace, right? She's like putting out her fucking coattails like, Popo, I'll do this. Uh, Andy reads the first note. Slowly, she pushes down the foot pedals. She presses one of the ho- bone keys. A hollow, mysterious cord of air echoes through the tunnel. Uh, the boulder creaks, opening a crack. The kids exchange a hopeful smile. She's, she's onto it. Andy reads the next two notes. She hits two keys. Two chords echo through the tunnel. The boulder creaks again, opening a little more. Less than an inch. Andy tries to read the next note. It is smeared, unreadable, nervous. She plays a random note. Sour chord blasts through the tunnel. I've read some, I've played some random sour notes before. Boy, oh boy, have I. A large chunk of the floor cracks. It drops out inches from Mikey's feet. He jumps back. There's now a large hole in the floor. Mikey peers into the hole. It's a hundred foot drop. hundred fucking feet. Onto a floor of sharp stalgamites. Stalgamites. Stalg- sharp stalagramites. Stalagmites. The fuck is... Anyway, they're going to die. Okay, God. Okay, God. What? Okay, what? My whole life just flashed before me. Life? Life? What life? You're 11 years old. Good point, Steph. Okay, Andy's trembling, nervous. She attempts to read the notes again. This time, she plays a different key. Uh, the chord's clear, melodic. It sings through the tunnel. The boys move again, opening another inch. The boulder moves again. Uh, kids emit a group sigh. Here we go. Uh, this could take two sentences, and it's going to take four pages because these guys overwrite so much. Okay, passageway with mass over water. They're still trying to get across the, the mast. Uh, Francis slips skin, uh, only his gun falls into the water. Francis composes himself. And, okay, so more of that shit. Just the same thing over and over. Interior organ chamber, more. Data panics, screams to Andy. Hey, Andy, better play faster. They're getting closer. Andy does play faster. She hits several correct keys. Awesome. Boulder slowly opens inch by inch, but, but Andy suddenly hits a wrong note. Uh, another huge section of floor drops out. Mouth nearly falls to his death. Steph grabs him. Just in the nick of time. Steph grabbed Mouth. Okay, back to the mama and the boys. Are only a few feet from the opening. Yep, thanks for the update. Back to the fucking organ chamber. Data screams. Faster, Andy. You gotta play faster. Andy tries to play faster. But it causes the boulder to open a little more quickly. In the frenzy, Andy manages to hit just a few wrong notes. The sour notes always trigger another section of the floor to drop out. I think we caught on to that. The goonies are diving, leaping, doing everything to avoid this deadly hole in the floor. Um... Again, this we could be done. That's that's all you need to know, but it just keeps going. Another section. This goes this. He sh- bad note. This. Oh, back to the Fratellis. They flip. Oh, this. Oh, they, you got it, right? Okay, so Mikey's mouth say something funny. I don't know why. Mouth, we're all going to die. Not funny. Page 107. Uh, Andy nods, hands shaking, dripping with sweat. Uh, she hurriedly plays the final bar of the notes. Andy looks at the map's final note. Completely blurred. Andy pauses, trying to decide what note to hit. Uh, Andy, whatever you do, don't screw up another note. Uh, okay, so back to the Francis and Jake mama. Arrive at the foot of the chamber, still slipping and sliding. They reach up, grabbing the chamber's ledge for support, trying to crawl inside. Back to the organ chamber. Andy sits at the keyboard, frozen, trying to decide the note to hit. Uh, seeing the Fratelli's data shouts to Andy, just play the mother. Just play the mother. Andy closes her eyes. Uh, she raises her hand, she randomly drops it on the keyboard. She's just guessing. A loud melodic note. Boulder slowly opens, wide enough for the kids to get through. Andy and the kids climb from the organ through the opening. Jesus Christ, that was like six pages of that. Um, but Mikey's foot steps on yet another note, a wrong note. Jesus, Mikey, you fucking klutz. 
Organ begins to crumble. The floor holding the organ sways, and Mikey is still hanging on. Brand reaches out and grabs his brother's hand. He pulls Mikey into the, into the opening, seconds before the entire organ and floor crumble into a million pieces. Okay, interior water slide. The Goonies have escaped into a steep, long, circular water slide. The Goonies duck and dodge various jutting rocks and stalactites. It's not the same word as before, and I don't know what it is. Uh, As they slide to the bottom, screaming the whole way down. Interior pirate ship cavern. Thank God. Okay. A rocky wall, a small passageway is less than four, four feet tall. It sits at the bottom of the wall. A miniature cave. Stream of water. Suddenly gushes out of the passageway. Brand, Mikey, and Data also shoot out. They land in the pool of water below it. A few seconds pass. Mouth, Steph, and Andy fly out. Ejected from the passageway, the kids catch their breath, shaking the water from their ears, spitting the water out of their lungs. Mikey sees something. His eyes get wide. His mouth drops open. He's speechless. The others are soon met with the same sight. They are equally shocked, delighted, overwhelmed. For several moments, the kids stare in wonderment. Uh, legend has it that the kids had not seen the ship until that moment, that they, did, they never got a glance, they never got to rehearse near it, that they, they wanted the, uh, the Goonie kids to actually have honest amazement when they saw the set. And apparently it was, it was you know, massive and, and, and breathtaking. Uh, I think we'll hear somebody tell us a little bit more about that later. Um, I swear to God you're going to hear another voice on this podcast at some point. Anyway, uh, page 108. We are in an enormous underground cabin, an enchanting magical place. The high ceilings and walls are lined with sparkling rocks. Large pool of water stretches across the ground. Most amazing sight in the entire cavern is an authentic, well-preserved pirate ship. The gigantic ship is tilted on its side, constructed of wood. Its crooked mast and tattered sails are in pieces, are in place, I'm sorry. A, a, a black skull and crossbones flag wave at half-mast. The figurehead of a beautiful woman adorns the ship's bows. Ancient cannons just from the side of the ship, jut from the side of the ship. Half of the ship is buried into the cavern walls, the result of a cave-in hundreds of years ago. The kids continue to stare at the amazing sight, speechless. Cut to a hole hole with wooden spikes. Sloth climbs down the rope, moving towards the circular chamber. Chunk holds onto Sloth's back. As they climb downward, Chunk looks at Sloth. You know, you're not such a strange-looking guy. I used to have a snake with two heads. Sloth gives a grunt. Chunk keeps going. And I got this other friend, Mitch. He's got this this big hairy thing growing out of his neck. People always make fun of him. So yeah, he only goes out to play at night. Nods. Bet you only like to go out at night. Huh. Yeah, I know how you must feel. It's like when I go to swimming at the public pool and I got to take my shirt off. I get really embarrassed. All the other guys got dark tans and ripples in their stomachs. And I'm the Pillsbury Doughboy, so I swim in a sweatshirt. Jesus Christ. These people. <sighs> Chunk didn't need to deliver that. That's this anyway. Interior circular chamber. Sloth gives an understanding groan. They arrive at the bottom and enter the circular chamber. Sloth and Chunk stare at the pirate skeleton with childlike abaz- amazement. Astonishment is what it says. Uh, Sloth walks up to the skeleton, removes the pirate hat, and puts it on his head. He turns, wriggling his eyebrows to Chunk. His expression saying, "How do I look?" Chunk smiles. An honest expression on his face. You are a stud. These two are just like, yeah, they're building each other up. Just, pump, just, yeah, you're the man. No, you're a fucking rock star. Dude, you look great. Uh, okay, interior organ chamber. Mama, Jake, and Francis move slowly, carefully. They walk back to the wall across a thin catwalk along the edge of the chamber wall. The catwalk was caused by the fallen floor. One slip, and they are dead. Cut to interior pirate cavern. 
Uh, the kids now stand before the large pool of water. Mikey begins to walk into the water. Bran grabs him. Uh, Bran, what if there's more leeches? Good, good point. Uh, Mikey pauses. Data has a solution. He reaches into his shirt and pulls a cord. Of course, a large yellow life raft pops out of his backpack. The raft begins to inflate, but it just doesn't stop. It continues to get bigger, bigger, bigger. Boom. It explodes. The sound sends a shudder through the ancient cavern. A small rumbling is heard. Pieces of earth crumble from the cavern. The kids exchange a frightened glance. With this, they jump into the shallow water and hurry towards the ship. As they wade through the water, Mikey stares in astonishment at the ship. So Mikey uh, says, uh, Willie had it all planned out. He was waiting for us. Don't you get it? He's been waiting for us all these 300 years. It's almost like, like he wants to invite us aboard. The kids continue to hurry forward. Steph suddenly feels uh, something strange, brushing against her thigh underwear. Uh, she turns to Mouth, who's behind her. Uh, she glares at him, raising her hand as if to slap him. Uh, watch your hand, touch me again, and I'll she-bop you. Okay, we got a little, uh, <laughs> a little Cindy Lauper uh, shout out. She bop, you bop, and they bop. Okay, I think what we're getting here, though, is an octopus. Watch this. Okay. So Mouth is like, I didn't do anything. Steph turns back around, camera pans underwater. We see a giant, slithery, tentacle wiggling a few inches from Steph's thigh. The tentacle begins to rub Steph's thigh. Hey, back off, you fucking octopus. Steph's, Steph's not fucking up for that shit. Maybe she is. I don't know. Uh, close Steph. Her face glowing with anger. Nope, she's not. She raises her hand ready to slap Mouth. I warned you. Steph turns and gives a hard slap to a giant squid. Okay, this part is deleted. I don't know if it was for time or for content or what, but it's um, at the very end when the parents are like, what the fuck, dude? What was the craziest part? Were you ever in danger? Uh, Data goes like, yeah, it was the octopus. And this isn't in the film, so it's like, what the what fucking octopus, you dumb kid? Anyway, it's bloodshot eye and tentacles are face to face with Steph. Leave Steph alone. It is shot out of the water between Steph and mouth. Steph's speechless. In shock, the squid re retaliates with a slap to Steph. Boom! Knocking her into the water. Dude, leave Steph alone. The Goonies clutch each other. Terrified, another tentacle swoops down. With the sound of a crackling whip, the tentacle slams into the water between the kids. Mikey, what is it? Data's giant sushi. The bloodshot eye of the squid moves just to the surface past the Goonies as another tentacle arm sucks across Andy's breast. Jesus. Come on. And guess what's coming up? Pulling her toward the squid's gaping mouth. I think we've gotten gaping in every fucking uh, film so far. Every film so far has used the word gaping. Okay, uh, Data removes his cassette player from his backpack. He turns it on, cranking the volume. The talking heads burning down the house. Um, man, these kids are cool. Uh, anyway, Data throws a cassette player into the squid's mouth. The squid reels back, letting go of Andy. Thank God. The booming chorus of the heads song, the talking heads song, reverberates through the squid's body. It trembles, quivers, and in shock, the monster shoots away from the Goonies. It is crazed by the rock and roll. I'm not opposed to rock and roll saving the day. I, it's not a bad... Anyway, Squid wildly bounces off the cavernous walls, trying to make the music stop. The Squid inadvertently does a comic dance, rocking to the beat of the music, and the kids watch it disappear far into the cavern. Okay. The Goonies run up to the pirate ship. Scared of their out of their wits, they arrive at the ship's bow. The gigantic ship towers over them. Mikey jumps up. He begins to climb the side of the ship, placing his foot in the thin cracks of wood. The other kids hurriedly, hurriedly follow. Mikey shouts down to them. Be careful, the wood's really old. One splinter and you're in for hepatitis. Spinal meningitis, lockjaw. <laughs> now he's a fucking physician. 
Uh, Mikey continues babbling as he climbs over the ship's top. Okay, interior pirate cab cavern. Kids climb aboard. They stand on the ship's crooked deck. The deck is long and wide, covered with old creaky boards. Various swords and knives hang on the weapon deck on the outside wall of the main cabin. The kids look for a way out. Uh, Brandon Mouth scan the wall of weapons, looking for a door. Uh, Mikey runs up to the raised deck. Steph and Andy find a trapdoor, but it is locked by several thick metal chains. Data walks up to the ship's extended curved ventilator. Data crawls into the wide ventilator opening. I'm not sure where this is going. Uh, moving along the raised deck, Mikey backs into something. He turns. There's a pirate standing there. His back to Mikey. The pirate is huddled over the ship's huge wooden steering wheel. He's dressed in a tattered, colorful pirate costume. Mikey catches his breath. He reaches out, touching the pirate. Creak. The pirate turns. Mikey is now face to face with a grinning pirate skull. Two daggers protruding from the deep eye sockets. Mikey screams. Everyone rushes to him except for Data. The kids examine the skeleton. Steph... Page 112, guys. Steph pulls one of the daggers from the eye socket. Examining it, the dagger's handle is lined with small, sparkling jewels, diamonds. Andy grabs the other dagger, ex examining the jewels. Think these are real? If they are, I'll make a necklace out of it for you. Mikey says, Andy asks, are these real? And Mikey says, yeah, if they are, I'll make a necklace out of it for you. Mikey is a little Casanova, and Brand has lost his girl. Steal your girl. That's what Mikey does. Andy gives Mikey a ruffle to the hair. Oh, you cutie. He'd rather have another kiss. They are interrupted by Data's voice, screaming for help. Everyone turns. Data's tiny legs protrude from the ventilator's hole, kicking. Data's stuck. The kids come to the rescue. Brand and Mouth each grab one of Data's legs, pulling hard. Instead of pulling Data out of the ventilator, Brand and Mouth pull the ventilator out of the deck. Data falls onto its bottom. Data falls onto his bottom. Uh, still inside the ventilator. A large hole has replaced the ventilator in the ship's deck. Andy peers into the dark hole. Her head pops back out, nose crinkled, coughing. It's dusty. Andy looks at the others, can't see anything. Andy motions for the others to follow. She lowers herself into the hole. Data has managed to squirm out of the ventilator. He follows the others into the bowels of the ship. Before entering, Mikey takes a shot from his breathalyzer. Let's, come on. It's a, what was it, Primatine Mist or something? To keep, it, to keep it tight, good guys. All right, interior pirate ship beneath the top deck. The kids enter a large cabin below deck. A thick layer of grayish-brown dust covers the floor. The kids huddle close together. Kids' feet move through the thick dusk. Mikey stops, noticing something in the middle of the ceiling. A small yellow glow. Mikey points it out to the guys. Cool, yellow stuff. What the fuck? This, none of this is fucking moving. This is a thousand words per page of needless, like, the, the, the deck was dusty. Over and over. So here we go. The kids, the kids clear the dust. The glowing gets brighter, brighter. Dust is cleared. An area of the board is visible. Bright golden light glimmers through the cracks. The kids exchange helpful glances. Mouth gives a sarcastic smirk. Great, we found Three Mile Island. I swear to God, this is a good movie, but Jesus Christ, they're fucking wordy. As if I have something to complain. I've got a leg to stand on there. Okay, Mikey spots another wrinkle, riddle, so we get some more of, of, of mouth. It's carved into the beams. Here comes mouth. Ye intruders beware, crushing death and grief, soaked with blood of the trespassing thief. And Data realizes, hey, that's the first riddle from the attic. Good catch, Data. Uh, Mikey excitedly stands on a bench, grabs hold of a loose board, pulls hard. The ship creaks and stutters. The kids are curious, but don't are too curious to care. 
Uh, Mikey continues to pull. Finally, the board snaps. A glaring shaft of light. I swear to God, this this could all be written in two sentences. Anyway, uh, yeah, they keep going, blah, blah, blah. More light, more light. Kids keep pulling creaky, creaky, dust, dust, whatever. Uh, kids have climbed into a large room filled with treasure. Here's the treasure. It's a magical room. Uh, it's glistening with all the colors of rainbow. Room is literally a garden of jewels. There are trees with branches of silver and gold coins and leaves of emerald. None of that is there. It's just a big fucking boat. Rose bushes are made of sparkling rubies. There are flowers of sapphires. Bushes made of pearls. This is just fucking masturbation uh, description. Pirate skeletons surround the treasure. Arms crossed. It's, it's fucking treasure. It's, it's the booty. And sitting in the middle of that all at a long wooden table covered with a feast of treasure is one-eyed Willie. Thank God. A, to- a look of total respect and admiration cover Mikey's face. Uh, he respects game. Game respects game. He nods to one-eyed Willie. He's like, hey, man, this chick over here, Andy, I'm about to bone her. Sorry, uh, I'm getting punchy. Page 114. Hello, I'm Mike Walsh. These are my friends. You have been expecting us. And well, here we are. We made it, Willie. All in one piece, too, so far. Mikey notices an ancient version of what would be taken for a breathalyzer sitting in front of one eye, Willie. An ancient uh, primatine mist. <laughs> Mikey smiles, curious. Mikey reaches and lifts one eye. Willie's, there's no socket. It's a solid skull. He's, he reverently replaces the patch. One eye, Willie, you were the first Goonie. There you go. Mikey's, Mikey said it. He's the first Goonie. The others are ecstatic. Joyous, laughing and giggling wildly, they make a mad scramble for the treasure. They begin to load themselves with the pieces, stuffing their pockets, shirts, pants, socks. Uh, Andy and Steph try on rings and necklaces. Data wears a a huge golden crown. It covers most of his head. Uh, Mouth begins to gather his favorite pieces. He reaches over to the small pile of jewels in front of One-Eyed Willie. Mikey stops him. Hey, that's his. Don't mess with his. You leave leave One-Eyed Willie's shit alone, man. That guy's fucking a legend. He's the first Goonie. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Ah, excuse me. Ah, I gotta stay hydrated. Okay, so, uh, yeah, don't take that. Uh, Mouse shrubs and grabs more jewels from the flow. Mikey, Mikey finds a large ruby. Mikey, my dad's gonna die when he sees what we bring him. Uh, he'll get 10 hours sleep tonight. He's all worried about his dad's sleep, which is cool, because insomnia sucks, and Mikey's a thoughtful kid. Brand, don't take anything you can't carry. Good. How would they do it if they couldn't carry it? We'll come back for the bigger stuff later. Okay, Brand. Good thinking, you dipshit. Uh, Mike removes his marble bag. Remember the marbles? He em- empties all the marbles and fills his bag with small choice jewels. They really want that marble thing to pay off. Uh, Steph, hurry up. Those creepos are still coming after us. Good point, Steph. Andy, what are they? Go- what are we going to do? Mikey, I know. The Hardy Boys did this once. At least the Hardy Boys aren't like a 1800s fucking reference, right? Is it? I don't know. Anyway, they listen. Continuing to stuff themselves with treasure, their clothes bulge tight. Uh, like they're wearing fat suits. Mikey continues. Mikey, we can leave a trail of this stuff leading to one of the skeleton cabins. While they follow the trail, we'll be hiding out in the other cave. Then we'll take them out. Then we just make a run for it. Uh, Mama, that's a good plan, real good plan. So they, they're, they, you know, bad timing. The, the, the Fratellis are here. Kids turn. Mama Jake and Francis stand in the cabin. Jake and Francis are armed with swords and knives from the weapon rack. Uh, Mama points her gun at the kids, laughing. The kids look at each other, frightened. Suddenly, Data fumes with anger. Data freaks out again. He's had it. That's it. This is war. We will not be taken alive. Data's going down. Going down with his ship. Uh, he opens his shirt, pulls a cord, and, of course, screams, Intimidator. Okay, so here we go. Uh, yeah, Data's arms, legs, and crotch begin to expand, giving him enormous muscles. 
uh, lifts in his shoes cause Data's height to expand. Data begins to look intimidating, uh, but his muscles continue to grow bigger and bigger until suddenly, boom, they explode. But Data's undaunted. He screams, optional bully buster. He upgraded. He got the optional bully buster. Um, pretty cool. Okay. Uh, Data opens his coat and pulls another cord. Several rolls of flash cubes are attached to Data's coat. Okay. Uh, so there's rockets and sparklers and green smoke, and Data's doing some, you know, booby trap on his body again. Um, but nothing works. Data's body is literally, is, is a literal explosion of junk. Okay, this is a junk. Uh, Jake, this kid's better than 4th of July in Asbury Park. There's, a, there's another Bruce Springsteen reference. I wonder who the big Springsteen fan is. Uh, finally, Data hits the out button on his belt buckle. The belt buckle flips open. Suction cup projectile shoots forward. It attaches itself to Mama's gun. Data hits the in switch. Um, gee whiz. Okay. Mama holds tight. Powerful suction. It's all this booby trap shit, guys. And you know how it goes. I cannot read these descriptions. I, I, I until now, did not appreciate that, that like, keep your description short rule because somebody will read this and not want to read it, and I'm that somebody. So there's your lesson for the Goonies. But we're not done yet. Um, finally, Dad hits he frightened Goonies out of the room. Jake and Francis revive Mama and follow. They're in hot pursuit. Okay, so something happened. I don't give a shit. Uh, scene 167, top deck. The kids run across the top deck. The Fratellis are right behind them. They're bigger, they're faster. They manage to tackle the kids, uh, surround the Goonies. Uh, swords pointed at kids' throats. Mama, Mama glares at the kids. Up, up, up on your feet, she says. She's fucking, yeah, get up, you, you bitches. Kids, they get up. Now go on. Empty all those goodies from downstairs, move it. Um, and that, it never really made sense for, to, for her to be like, empty your pockets. If she's going to kill the kids... Who gives a shit? There's a fucking, there's a gazillion, gazillion, gazillion jewels. What, what does it matter if the kids have their pockets full of it when you, when you make them jump off the cliff? I don't know. But, you know, they got to write the story somehow, right? Okay. Uh, so fast, swords pointed at the kids, throw them up on your feet. The kids stand. Now go on, empty all those pockets. Kids lift their shirts and begin to empty the jewels. Rubies, diamonds, emeralds roll out on the deck. Mama stares at the treasure. Uh, and, of course, mouth, right? He, she, he's got shit in his mouth. And you can tell he's, like, full of fucking shit in his mouth. He got awful quiet all of a sudden. Mouth just smiles, keeping his mouth closed. Come on, chum, open your yap. Mouth opens and, and all the shit comes out, right? Uh, sorry, I lost my, I, I lost my place. Uh, so uh, Mama's like threatening uh, Mouth to get him to empty his mouth, and he does. And like three, three feet of beaded pearls come out of his mouth. And uh, yeah, whatever. So hang on. Mm. Okay, so... Uh, my executive producer has just informed me that we need to take a break here, so we will end this episode, uh, which is, I don't know, episode eight or nine, I don't know what it is, but I think it's eight, and um, we'll come back and finish this up in the last episode, and then uh, we'll do some recap, we'll figure out who, who's a goonie, we'll have some ladies come on and, and give us their opinion, um, and I swear to God, I got a friend who has been to the set and seen some goonie stuff, and she's going to tell you about it, I promise. Uh, come back next time, thanks.
Just stay in the moment, smoke some weed, drink some wine. Reminisce, talk some shit, forever young is in your mind. Leave a mark they can't erase, through neither space nor time. So when the director yells cut, I'll be fine. I am forever young. First you gotta do the truffle shuffle. <laughs> 